Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick? And apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! What we doing today? Well, we're running late. We are running a day late. Yeah, so it's not Sunday, but we are doing our... Sacrilegious Book Club! That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are we going over today? Okay, so the next bit in our book that we're reading is The Ten Lost Tribes. Okay. And so I was like, huh? Yeah. So I thought I would... Where did they lose them at? And what are they? <laughs> I don't know this shit. So well, I mean, I'm assuming because you know, like when we get later into the Bible, maybe uh-huh. you know, we kind of stop hearing about Dan and right. you know um, Manasseh and, and all the other, and they come up occasionally, so but like gonna, not like they used to. We're gonna do a little bit of a history lesson. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, you ready to get into this? I sure as fuck am. Let's do it. Okie dokie. <laughs> Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. So we are hopping into our sacrilegious book club. Yes. And we are reading from a treasury of Jewish folklore, stories, traditions, legends, humor, wisdom, and folk songs of the Jewish people edited by Nathan Ozubel. Oh, you said it all this time. I did. Yeah. I know. Last time was the first time I didn't say the full title. It didn't feel quite right It didn't to you? feel quite right to me. No, okay. I was very unhappy with hmm. how I did that. Okay. So... I was like, no, let me fix that this time. All right, yeah. So we're reading from that, and when we reach page 515, we come to the 10 Lost Tribes. Yeah. And so I read the intro, and I am going to quote from that some some things, and we're not actually going to get into stories today. Oh, okay. We're just okay. setting this up. Yeah, this is like a part one, and next time when we come back, we'll actually read some stories from the Lost Tribes or about the Lost Tribes. Okay. Okay, yeah. I, I'm not sure yet. I ha- I went down a rabbit hole. Got it. Okay? Yeah. I had to know more about these what-the-fuck Lost Tribes. Got it. Okay? Yeah. So, um, the 10 Lost Tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. They are 10 of the original 12 Hebrew tribes which under the leadership of Joshua took possession of Canaan, the promised land after the death of Moses. Sure. Okay. And these are the 10 tribes. Ready? The 10 lost tribes. The 10 lost tribes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Asher, Dan, Ephraim, Gad, Issachar, Manasseh, Nephtali, Reuben, Simon, and Zebulon. Sure. All sons or grandsons of Jacob. I don't remember talking much about Zebulon. I don't. It's a neat name. Yeah. I like that. I think it did get mentioned, but like, yeah. it's one of those that didn't get mentioned a lot. It. it I bet got, they were the first ones to get lost. Probably. <laughs> Where did you go? I don't know. Fuck Zebulon. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, all but Judah, Benjamin, and some members of the priestly tribe of Levi, which did not have its own territory. Right. Right. And which may or may not have been its own tribe, or it may have been a position. Right. That others from various tribes uh, aspired to attain. Because it changes over time. Yeah. In the Bible. Yeah. Originally, they were all descended from Levi. Right. But I think maybe eventually not so much. (laughs) Yeah. So. It became a little bit. mm, But we don't, we don't talk about Bruno. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We don't talk about Levi. I don't know. However, since the tribe of Simon lived well within the territory of Judah, it is not clear why this tribe was never included in this list. Yeah. Interesting, right? Right. Or as a part of the northern kingdom of the ten tribes. Okay. Okay. Uh I was like, huh. Okay. Okay. Also, the tribes of Asher and Reuben were never mentioned as participating in anything after the conquest. Living in either Phoenicia for Asher or Moabite for Reuben hmm. controlled territory. Okay. Okay. So they just probably just assimilated to yeah. those cultures and like and they're like, eh, bye. But yeah, and that's what we suspect happened for most of these tribes. Sure. Okay. Yep. I mean, it just makes sense. Right. Um, thus the ten tribes appears to be more of a misnomer, meaning 
all of the Israelites that were living outside the kingdom of Judah. Like, whatever, however many. All, all of those guys. Yeah. However many we call them. Right, right, right. Let's call them ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, in 930 BCE, mm-hmm. so, you know, before. Yes, before, before times. Before the Christ guy. Yeah. Yep. The ten tribes formed the independent kingdom of Israel in the north. And the other two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, set up the kingdom of Judah in the south. Okay. Okay. You remember all that? Yep. Following the conquest of the northern kingdom by the Assyrians in 721 BC, Mm -hmm. the ten tribes were gradually assimilated by other peoples and thus disappeared from history. Ah. Nevertheless, a belief persisted that one day the ten lost tribes would be found. And that's still a thing. Like, I, yes. I just heard a, maybe, I don't know if you were aware of it, but there's like a, there was a group of people, there's a, like a tribe out in um, India. Dude, I'm the one that told you about Are that. Are you? Okay, okay. I yeah, can't remember. We but, yeah. talked about it on our podcast. But they, they claimed they were one of the lost tribes. Yes. And yes. Just, yeah. And that's why I was like, we need to talk about, we need to talk about Bruno. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk about the lost tribes. Sure. You know what? I apologize. I watched Encanto again recently, and so everything it's in your brain. is like we don't talk about Bruno. Mm-hmm. And you should watch it if you haven't seen it because it's a pretty great movie. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I think we just filled a bingo square. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably. I think we did too, actually, because I both sang and referenced the movie. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. So. Eldad Hadani, and this is a guy we're going to talk about when I get back to the book. Uh-huh. For instance, a 9th century Jewish traveler reported locating the tribes beyond the rivers of Bassinia mm. on the far side of an impassable river called Sambatoy. No, Sambatayan. I see. And they, okay. were just, they were just hidden somewhere, huh? Well, like I said, we're going to talk more <laughs> about this in when we get into the book okay a roaring torrent of stones that becomes subdued only on the sabbath when jews are not permitted to travel okay so the only time that that so these people they live hidden away over here yeah and there's this roaring bit of stones that sure. come down stopping them from from leaving where they are trapped Okay. The only time that they could escape is it, it on stopped the Sabbath, on the and Sabbath and they're the not Sabbath allowed. Yeah, man, that's sad. Right? Womp womp. Yeah. So Manasseh ben Israel, who lived from 1604 to 57. Of, 1604 to 1657? Yeah. Modern era? Modern era. Yeah. Okay. Used the legend of the lost tribes in pleading successfully for admission of Jews into England during Oliver Cromwell's regime. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Peoples who at various times were said to be descendants of the lost tribes include, ready? I'm ready. The Assyrian Christians, the Mormons, the Afghans, the Beta Israel of Ethiopia, the American Indians, and the Japanese. Hmm. And then... Um, there's also, um, I didn't include this because that was a whole different can of worms, but also now, um, not today, but like within the last like 30 years, Mm -hmm. the Taliban. Uh, What? Yeah. The Taliban certainly aren't claiming this, right? (laughs) I don't know if they're claiming it or if people around them are claiming it. Okay. But there's just this whole legend that 
the Taliban is descended from, you know, one of the missing tribes okay. of Israel. Yeah. That's and, weird. Yeah. That's why I didn't include it because I was like, mm, but it's still worth a mention. Right? Sure. I mean, the, the whole thing, I mean, like the fact that they're mentioning Japanese and like the American Indians and stuff like that. Yeah. That, that's also weird. Right. Mormons. Weird. You weird, know, like, I mean, the, right? the whole thing's weird. Yeah. Like basically any group of people that is non-conforming. Right. They're like, those might be the lost tribe because they don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. Or those might be Jews is right, what I'm yeah. gathering the, right. in an unfriendly kind of way. You know? No, okay. Maybe? I think it could go. I think it could go either way. I think they could be like, "Oh, look at those! They're kind of brown skinned and they don't fit with us. They might be Jews." Or, well, but I, I think it's a way to bring them into the fold, though. Like, if you're talking about the American Indians, right? If we can say, "Hey, these these are the lost tribes of whatever," then you're you're um, befriending that group to make them part of the whole Abrahamic I religion, think, you know, doctrine. I think it depends on who's making the case. Sure, definitely. Like, if definitely. they're claiming it themselves, then yeah, they w- would feel esteemed to be part of that group. But if white travelers are going about and, and they come across people they don't understand, right. I'm sure they mean it in a somewhat derogatory fashion. But again, and I'm just going to say this, like, so again, it allows those people who are Christian or Jewish to say... They might be the lost tribe. We're going to try to bring them back into the fold. It sure. gives them a way to not hate them. Right. That's and true. try to assimilate them instead of <laughs> right. kill them. Right. So That's it's true. not it's not maybe all bad all the time, even if it is somebody else. I'm not saying that it can't be bad, but I mean Right. They're trying to adopt them, you know? They're sure. like, Hey, we're gonna adopt you as the lost tribe. We're gonna make you be Jewish. Yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Among the numerous immigrants to the state of Israel since its establishment in 1948 were a few who likewise claimed to be remnants of the 10 lost tribes. And that's one of the ones that you mentioned earlier that we talked about in a couple of rabbit holes ago. Yeah. The descendants of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin have survived as Jews because they were allowed to return to their homeland after the Babylonian exile of 586 B.C. So they retained their wholeness as a group because they were able to remain a group. Right. In the 7th and 8th centuries of current era, the return of the lost tribes was associated with the concept of the coming of the Messiah. So it is very, um, it behooves Christians and Jews alike to locate and identify these lost tribes because for the Christians, it's the second coming. Right. For the Jews, it's the first coming. They got to get their end game going. You know? Right. Like they, I mean, so, the story's got to wrap up here at some yeah, point. Yeah. So you know? every time they identify somebody as a lost tribe, they're like, "The prophecy's coming true." Right. Because there's a whole religion every, built around everyone. Get your sandwich them. boards out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I thought that was fun. Yeah. Um, the scriptural basis for the idea of lost tribes is Second Kings chapter 17, verse 6. Okay? okay. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria mm. and placed them in Halah and in Habor, on the river of Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes. Okay. okay. Or Medes, yeah. for sure. So, according to the Bible, the kingdom of Israel and kingdom of Judah 
were the successor states to the older United Monarchy of Israel, which we know. Yeah. The Kingdom of Israel came into existence circa 930 BCE after the northern tribes of Israel rejected Solomon's son Rehoboam as their king. Mm, okay. I mean, we kind of remember yeah, that. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Nine tribes formed the Kingdom of Israel, the tribes of Reuben, Issachar, Zebulon, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Ephraim, and Manasseh. The tribes of Judah and Benjamin remained loyal to Rehoboam and formed the kingdom of Judah. So Judah made Judah and said, right. Benjamin, you're cute. You're and this was kind of like the whole premise of like, wasn't it kings that we talked about where like we were going back and forth between the kings versus like it was yes. one king on the northern side and one yes. king on the Judah side. And it was very like confusing. at the time it was kind of confusing. Yeah. But yeah. When we had... um First and Second Kings, and then First and Second Chronicles, and then there's like these missing books of Kings of Chronicles and Chronicles of Kings, right? Yeah, and trying to keep track of who was in what country at what time, and we were like, "What?" Right? Yeah, that's that's fun. Yeah, in no way whatsoever. In addition, members of the tribe of Levi were located in cities in both kingdoms. Mm. Which we so were wondering half the tribe about. Of Levi just disappeared. Right. Well, we were curious about that at the time. Like we couldn't yeah. figure out which one they were in. Yeah. Well, it turns out both. Well, and that's that's kind of what it said in the Bible too, because it was like they were they were allowed to have they were spread out from the get go. Right. And they were given they had, like they didn't have their own. Well, and they were part of the priestly, you know, whatever. Yeah. So like they had their own little the priestly whatever TM technical you know, term. <laughs> But they had their own little establishment, like, areas outside of the cities of these different tribes. Mm -hmm. And that was where they were allowed to, you know, be or whatever. So. Right, right. So they were kind of the median guys, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So I wonder if they all got together for, like, a Levi reunion, you know, at some point. Levi right, reunion. These guys, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so according to Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 9... Members of the tribes of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simon fled to Judah during the reign of Asa of Judah in circa 911 to 870 BCE. Okay. So, thought that was interesting stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, now that was my rabbit hole. Now we're going to get into what the book has to say about it. Sure. Okay. Yep. And like I said, we're not going to get into any stories today. I'm just going to pick out some choice quotes. Okay. Got it. Yep. So the 10 Lost Tribes starts on page 515, and I'm reading from the introduction here. One of the most absorbing speculations preoccupying Jewish scholars and plain folk alike through the centuries has been that concerning the probable fate of the 10 Lost Tribes of Israel. Mm. Many of the theories concerning them were naturally of the wildest sort. Naturally. Naturally. The romantic imagination always takes wing in such matters. <laughs> I love the way this guy writes. Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a bit flowery. He's a bit right. taken with himself, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, Nonetheless, life itself has demonstrated that the workings of history can sometimes be more astonishing than those of fiction. So, I mean, like, truth is bigger than, stranger than fiction. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we really are. Like, honestly, when Trump first came on the scene and like started running and then he won that that other time yeah that other i time. i was like how can anybody ever write books ever again because we have the most ridiculous and clownish of bad guys yeah how do you write a bad guy after that right like 
It was it was a real concern. Anything was ridiculous. Like yeah. I was literally upset and worried about the state of writing and yeah. being able to come up with legitimate villains. Right. So interesting enough, whatever. Sure. Anyway, with reasonable certainty determined by the scientific methods of history and ethnology, the probable descendants of some of these lost tribes have actually been accounted for. Mm. I don't know about all that, sir, but <laughs> okay, whatever you say. I mean, I'm sure, like, definitely through genealogy now, you might be able to figure out some of this. Sure. So, and, but, you know, as we discovered in our dig into the, the what was it, an Indian tribe or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, that they, it's it been ended up too, being false, you know, like, But it's so. been too washed out. Right. Like, they were too assimilated. Yeah. There's no way to differentiate at this point. Right, right. So it's like, okay, whatever you say, bro. Yep. After the Jews of the northern kingdom of Israel had been led captive to Assyria, uh, they vanished from historical view, dropped, as it were, into limbo, which I thought was like, okay. <laughs> like, some would say they just disappeared. This guy says that they were, no, 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 they still exist somewhere. Right. I'm like, uh, I don't think that's Correct. No. No. Some scholars believe that they had been thoroughly assimilated by the Assyrians among whom they lived. Others. Right, exactly. Others cling to the view that they had migrated from Assyria to different countries where they have lived in their own communities in obscurity to this very day. (laughs) Like with those, you know, falling rocks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, that's just such a ridiculous claim. Like, you know, what are they in the like lost the Triangle of Bermuda or right, something? Yeah. Like, they're on the lost island of Atlantis. Yeah, come on, get the fuck out of here. You know. Yep. So the tribes of Judah and Benjamin of the Southern Kingdom of Judah remained unaffected by all of this, and for that reason, their course in history is well known. Right. Okay. So you know, like I already said, they were able to maintain their groupiness because they were allowed to come back together. Right. Yeah. Ever since the middle, I'm sorry, the early Middle Ages and the discovery, let me start that over. Sure. I'm going to try that again. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ever since the early Middle Ages, the discovery of the lost tribes has been announced from time to time with breathless haste by Jewish travelers. Proofs of every imaginable sort have been produced of their presence in such widely separate places as China, the Sudan, (laughs) the Sahara. Azerbaijan, did I say that? I don't Crazy. know. Yeah. Azerbaijan, Abyssinia, Dagestan, etc. So those are some interesting names yep. and places. Okay, so um, moving on. In early history, uh, it is the accepted view. It was the accepted view that the ten tribes lived in lands beyond the banks of the Euphrates. Okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. they're like th- that tribe picked itself up, linked arms, and together as a group walked over there, and Got they it. still are linked arms to this day, <laughs> like a group of Legos stuck together. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's not how it works, no. but okay. This problem was dramatically highlighted at that time by the appearance of a certain merchant and traveler in the Jewish communities of Babylonia, North Africa, and Spain. This is that guy that I told you we'd, we'd read more about. Okay. Eldad ben Mali Hadani, who left behind him a record of his travels, 
which constitutes more legend than fact. Mm, okay. Eldad claimed that he was a merchant and scholar from an independent Jewish state, which was situated in East Africa. He declared categorically that his country was the home of the lost tribes of Asher, Gad, Naphtali, and Dan. He himself was of the last mentioned tribe from which he derived his name. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So he he's just going around spreading the story. I mean, maybe I, it might have been good for business, you know? Yeah. That's, well, that sounds, obviously. Right. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, a good peddler has to have a good story. Right. You yeah. know? Okay. And how do you ingratiate yourself to a, a group of people, you know? Right. Be, be, the, be their lost tribe, man. That's true. That's, true. that's big news. No Jewish scholar doubted the truth of Eldad and his statements. Okay. Okay. Interest in his revelations circulated far beyond the Jewish world. Learned Christendom, too, was intrigued. Yeah. It inspired the apocryphal letter of the semi-legendary medieval priest ruler Prester John, in which he told several he told of several Jewish tribes living beyond the river Simbatayan in Ethiopia. This is the one with the falling rocks. Yeah. Okay. From that time on, the subject of the 10 lost tribes and the mythical Sambatayan River, which grew, threw up a protective rain of rocks during weekdays and subsided on the Sabbath, did not fade from popular Jewish interests. Hmm. It was during the time of the Crusades and the Mohammedan infidels were preparing to launch their great counteroffensive, whereupon the emperor sent his two sons, Henry and Conrad, to give battle to the Tartars and Cumanians. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. In his account, Matthew Paris recorded, during all this time, members of the Jews on the continent, and especially those belonging to the empire, thought that these Tartars and Cumanians were a portion of their race whom God had at the prayers of Alexander the Great, Shut up in the Caspian Mountains. <laughs> Intensified attention to the subject took place in the 17th century in England. It was all due to the writings of Maniasa ben Israel, the Amsterdam rabbi who introduced Oliver Cromwell to allow, I'm sorry, who induced Oliver Cromwell to allow the Jews to return to England after their banishment from that country four centuries previously. Hmm. Maniasa was fully convinced of the authenticity of the Sembatayan legend. Okay. He believed in those fallen I mean, they, rocks. I guess they liked conspiracy theories back then, too. Yeah, yeah. So. Like MAGA early days, right? Right, yeah. He wrote in his book, Hope of Israel, Lastly, all think that part of the ten tribes dwell beyond the river Sabatayan or Sabatakol. He cites many authorities in support of his belief, including the statement of Josephus, that Titus himself had seen the river. Mm. Later on, after his meeting with the remarkable visionary or charlatan, mm. the Murano Jew Montezinus, Manasseh became fully convinced that the American Indians constituted some of the Ten Lost Tribes. <laughs> so basically, the more that people traveled, the more people that they were introduced to, yeah. the more that they were convinced that they had to have come from the Lost Tribes, the lost tribes yeah, yeah. and they couldn't have come from anywhere else. Well, because, I mean, it's a fantastical story. It sounds, sure. it sounds really cool, sure. you know? So. The question of the Ten Lost Tribes will probably never be fully settled and will remain forever impaled on the twin horns of fact and folk fancy. 
Yeah. I like that sentence, though. Right, right. The twin horns yeah. of fault. Although Back at the time of the writing of this fancy. book, they didn't have genealogy. So, like, True. we could, if we come across somebody that's like, hey, we're the, you know, lost tribe, yo. Right. We could be like, okay, let's let's, let's maybe find out, huh? Let's do some ancestry charts yeah. here. So, I mean, yes, I think it will be lost to history because they're too intermixed at this point right. to mean anything worthwhile. Right. Right. But if we did come across somebody that claims it, we can at least check their validity well, to some degree. What I find interesting is that uh, the movie Dogma kind of, um, it had this girl that was descended from Christ as like one of the main characters. Yeah. And that kind of follows the same, like, how do you even do that genealogy? You know, like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about even? I don't, she didn't know that she was though, did she? She was just no, told was, by like angels yeah. and stuff like that in the movie or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like you would be tracking, hey, I've descended from this long line of whatever. No. Some angel told her that, you know. Right. You're descended from Christ. Right. So, whatever. The movie was, I love that movie. I love that movie. (laughs) But we watched it with Kid several years ago. Yeah. And it wasn't quite as sharp as I remembered it being. And that that happens to a lot of movies from our uh, earlier years. We don't, we remember them fondly. Mm-hmm. Then we go rewatch them and we're like, oh. Well, huh. there's either like something wrong with it culturally or the dialogue is just not quite as sharp as you remember it being. And then there's Monty Python and the Holy Grail and that'll forever be good. Because so, funny is always you know, funny, I funny guess. Funny is always funny. So anyway, that I think is our episode for today for our Sacrilegious Book Club. Correct. And next time we will get into some of the stories from that section. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. And we will. I will get our weekly wrap-up out here shortly. And then I know we're running late, but we're going to get out our... Um, Jeremiah chapter 16. And then we will be back on Tuesday, back on track. Uh, Tuesday morning will be uh, Jeremiah chapter 17. All right. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.